This is a disaster, a podcast about disasters and the music they make us listen to. I'm Peter, and I'm not here with my co-host Lee. I'm Lee, and I'm not here with my co-host Peter. You're joining us for a Tragedy Tuesday, brought to you by Lee. And I gather it's part two of, well, I'll let him get into it. If you're new here, welcome. We recommend you start at the beginning, because we're getting towards the end of our sort of second season of episodes. We've got this one and then a major disaster next week. So we recommend you start at the beginning, get all caught up because we don't we don't make like inside jokes, but we'll call back previous episodes. And it's super handy if we say like, hey, remember episode 13 when we talked about the Black Death? And then you'll you'll know what we're talking about. So check that out. We do that. Uh, if you get through all those and you like what you heard, the best thing you can do is to subscribe and leave a rating or review. Those are super, super helpful. You can uh, join us on our Discord, which you can find on our website, www.thisdisasterpod.com. We always talk about music and other things that you probably find interesting. I recently correctly identified a Tom Petty song, so... <laughs> very, very kinda, proud of you. Yeah, yeah, kind of yeah, proud yeah. about that one. Sure. I'm going to be uh, dining out on that one for a while. <laughs> As you should be. <laughs> you can also follow us on social media at This Disaster Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and check out our Patreon.com slash This Disaster Pod, where you get bonus content. We're back in the studio. We're going to be live streaming our recording sessions and the like. And just before we dive in, Lee, you know how I'm obsessed with Doom Eternal? Yes, I am aware. Yeah. I recently tried a game called Ghost Runner. Have you heard anything about it? Oh, I have not. It is friggin' sweet in many of the same oh. ways that Doom Eternal is. So I'm kind of kind of enjoying <laughs> Just that. Just the fact that uh, another game has gotten your attention is makes me think it's worth checking out. Yeah, here's the thing. Like, I started it up and I played it for more than five minutes before quitting and going back to Doom Eternal. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> I tried to, I tried control right. and I love the atmosphere yeah. and it looks yeah. amazing. But after like five minutes in, I'm like too many words. I'm not going to finish this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real downshift. Yeah. There are a lot of words and a lot of them are redacted, but um, yeah, yeah, that the control really grabbed me. Enjoyed right. That a lot. Yeah. I really love the atmosphere. So I think I might finish it at some point. Like I could see in some point in my life, I'll play it. Yeah. But at the moment. <laughs> you have sorry. to be in the right state <laughs> of mind for sure. But anyway, so Ghost Runner, check it out. I'm enjoying it so far. Okay, we will do. We'll do. So with that, I'm just going to let Lee take it away. All so, right. Uh, Lee, take it away. Yeah, take it Lee. away. Welcome to today's Tragedy Tuesday. Uh, in my last installment, we learned all about the mm -hmm. only deaths to occur in outer space as of, as of today. Right. Those being the three cosmonauts on board the Soyuz 11 and their re-entry into Earth's atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And that was an example of death by slow decompression or relatively slow. It actually only took a couple of minutes uh, as, as we found out. Well, yeah, uh -oh. yeah, uh oh, because today we're going to learn all about <laughs> another situation involving death by decompression. However, in this case, extraordinarily fast decompression oh, so no. yeah <laughs> you might want to have oh, a seat listener is splat appropriate i'll let oh, you finish oh god the biford dolphin oh that yeah, sounds fun sounds like a mythical magical creature mm -hmm. no it is uh in fact a drilling rig operated by dolphin okay. drilling which which is a a fred olsen energy subsidiary that being a shipping company based in oslo norway Okay. That's kind of cheating. Like you're an oil drilling company and you call yourself dolphin. <laughs> Is it like parentheses, we kill the close parentheses dolphin? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like don't try to align yourselves with the beautiful ocean <laughs> creatures. You hate them for all intents and purposes. Very, very on the nose, very on the dolphin nose. Yeah. The Bifer dolphin is a semi-submersible column stabilized rig 
that drills seasonally in the North Sea for various European companies starting in 1974. Okay. The Bifurt Dolphin has a maximum drilling depth of 6,100 meters or 20,000 feet, and it could operate at a water depth of 460 meters or 1,500 mm-hmm. feet. Okay. Little disaster uh, precursor here. On March 1st, 1976, mm-hmm. the Dolphin ran aground during transit from a block in the North Sea to Bergen. While they did manage to get all crew evacuated via lifeboats, six crew members did die when they fell from their own lifeboat. Oh, boy. So that's not what we're here to talk about, but just to let you know, the uh, dolphin has had its fair share. A little bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. It's um, it's not a perfect operation yeah. they're, they're running there. The ocean is not happy that you named yourself dolphin. I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's letting you know. So a feature of the Bifur dolphin is a diving system that includes a diving bell and a diving chamber. These features mm-hmm. were necessary due to the dangers involved in the work the divers were doing, which is known as saturation diving. Sidebar! Nice. Bring it on. <laughs> saturate me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to saturate you in a sidebar. Saturate my brain with knowledge. <laughs> I'll do, I will do my best. It is a diving <laughs> technique that allows divers to work far below the surface relatively speaking, mm-hmm. um, whilst mm-hmm. significantly reducing the time spent decompressing. As I'm sure we've probably okay. touched on at least one other time on the show, and you can correct me if I'm wrong or chime in with the details if I'm right. Mm-hmm. When one is scuba diving, one is breathing pressurized gases, typically some kind of mm-hmm. oxygen cocktail. Um, Trimix, for example, which is a helium mm-hmm. oxygen nitrogen mixture uh, and that's used if it's a particularly deep dive Mm -hmm. this practice causes dissolved nitrogen to accumulate in the diver's organs Mm -hmm. and the deeper the dive the higher the pressure the more nitrogen gets absorbed so if you exit this situation too quickly you you will suffer from decompression sickness aka the bends radiohead that's right (laughs) radiohead (laughs) Uh, means you've got bubbles in your bloodstream. It's not good. So I don't know if we've ever uh, had a had the had the bends come up on the show. We haven't had the bends come up. We have come talked about uh, pressurized gas to breathe because I think uh, in the Apollo one, it was episode thirteen and a half. We talked about gases. How uh, in the Apollo modules you'd have a hundred percent oxygen, um, which you know right at Earth pressures is way too high and you just get loopy and die. But once you go into space and the pre- like the pressure is much lower, then you can breathe it. But mm-hmm. uh, that's not exactly the best. Okay. That's just something else. Along the same lines. Yeah. No, not exactly. <laughs> Gases that you breathe. <laughs> Gases that you breathe. <laughs> Similar. So yeah, the bends not good can lead to anything from discomfort to death, strokes and whatnot. To getting really high and spacing out to the album. Yeah, or that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Best Radiohead album, I'll say that. Pretty good. So normally the way to prevent this is to slowly ascend and decompress at different intervals. But right. when you're dealing with when you're dealing with spending extended periods of time at these somewhat extreme depths, extreme for human yep. beings, uh, yep. the decompression right. yep. time can apparently take days for the body to fully excrete or whatever we do fart it all out fart it all out exactly <laughs> just days days of farting and farting and farting 
Man, I've been farting out the bends <laughs> like 37 years. Farting out the bends. <laughs> it's a daily practice. Yeah, that's good stuff. We're adults. Um, <laughs> two dads. <laughs> Barely. Barely. <laughs> By law only. Uh, so one day's worth of work versus six days of decompression at various levels. It's not very practical, not very oh. cost effective. Saturation diving is basically a solution to this. Mm-hmm based on the fact that there is a limit to the amount of nitrogen the human body can absorb once you're fully saturated that's it mm-hmm. like you reach the the peak um so where the divers remain at the same pressurized saturation levels they've been working at by living for days or weeks inside these diving chambers that are essentially not unlike being like in a space station of sorts yeah, right. And the chambers are found within the boats of the drilling stations on the surface. And what happens is the divers are transported to and from wherever they're working down in the depths mm-hmm. uh, via these diving bells that maintain the same pressure and saturation no matter what depth they might be at. The diving chambers simulate the same pressure slash saturation environments that are found at the depths the divers mm-hmm. have been working at until such time that the divers are ready to return to the surface, at which point the diving chambers are slowly decompressed to an atmosphere of one. I'll talk about atmospheres in a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So you're saturated at the beginning of your time spent working underwater. You maintain those levels for days or weeks when you're mm-hmm. diving. And then when you're not, you're in the chamber, you're sleeping, yeah. hanging out, eating, whatever. Yeah. And the end of your shift, you decompress, and it can take like two weeks to complete. Right. So it's crazy. It's considered one of the most dangerous jobs in the world. Yeah, that sounds yeah. like it. Also, I would not like to do that. I would not like to do that either. Even even at uh, fourteen hundred American dollars a day. Holy crap! So pretty well paid, but yeah, no, it's still not. I pass. <laughs> it's not on offer, but pass. Yeah. <laughs> no, I quit. Yeah, I quit. Okay, you were nobody's never... nobody's hiring you. I quit anyway. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Moby on Chinese democracy. I quit before I started. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Episode 50. Yes. So that brings us to why we're here. Mm-hmm. November 5th, 1983. The Biford Dolphin oh boy. is drilling in the Frigg gas field. Great name. <laughs> in the Norwegian sector of the North Sea. Mm-hmm. At 4 a.m., two British-born divers, Edwin Coward, age 35, mm-hmm. who was certainly not one of those, <laughs> no, I was going to say. Ironic. <laughs> Ironic name. Yeah. And uh, Roy Lucas, age 38, were resting in the diving chamber while two Norwegian-born divers, Bjorn Bergeson, age 29, and mm-hmm. Trolls Helvik, age 34, mm-hmm. were in the diving bell returning from a, from a dive. Okay. So the diving bell was docked to the chamber with assistance from two diving tenders, those being Wh- William Crammond and Martin Saunders. Ferguson and Helovic then climbed through the trunk connecting the bell, it's just a little tube, mm-hmm. to the chamber sure. to join yep, yep. Coward and Lucas in the mm-hmm. chill zone. I just called it that. I don't think they called it that. 1983. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask. No. <laughs> <laughs> They're just taking a chill pill together, man. Yeah, man. Like, what are you talking about? You're inventing slang on the spot. <laughs> yeah, they would have... Uh, Taken their places in chamber one, which exits immediately via the trunk. Coward and Lucas were in chamber two, the next chamber over. To properly mm-hmm. detach the bell from the trunk of the chamber after the occupants have been offloaded, here are the steps meant to be taken. Okay. One, close the diving bell door. Mm-hmm. Good start. Close the door. Two, slightly increase the pressure in the diving bell to seal the bell door tightly. 
Three, mm-hmm. close the chamber one door, which would have been open to the trunk. Four, slowly depressurize the trunk until it reaches a pressure of one atmosphere. And five, open the clamp to separate the diving bell from the chamber. Mm-hmm. I, heard, I heard the word slowly a bunch of times, so that seems key. Slowly is key. It's imperative. However, while the first two steps were completed successfully, dive tender William Crammond, for reasons we'll speculate about in a few moments, opened the clamp that was keeping the trunk sealed before Halavik could close chamber one door. Uh-oh. What followed was very quick and unthinkably violent. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I know where this is going. Oh, yeah, I, I, I think you might. The diving bell yeah. decompressed violently and was blasted away from the trunk, killing with William Crammond oh, and severely injuring Martin Saunders. Someone survived? Yes. <laughs> Incredibly so, yeah. Now they were Oh my god. They were outside this of you know the the, the environment that right. this occurred in, but oh, and, but still like yep. it's yep. wow, wow, yep. wow, wow, wow. Inside the diving chamber, the pressure dropped from nine atmospheres to one. Mini sidebar. So a standard atmosphere is a unit of pressure defined as 101,325 Pascal or pounds per square inch, which seems like a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I guess that's, you know, for someone who doesn't know what that is. I feel like nuclear norms got some strong thoughts about the units that we're talking about. He probably does. Probably yelling at his uh, phone right now. (laughs) Yeah, he can chime in in the uh, Discord. (laughs) Yeah, there's a a myriad of other Mm -hmm. units of measurement to define it. Maybe better or worse, but, you know, I just... Yeah. Maybe that was the most commonly used one at the time. Uh, But basically, one standard atmosphere would be the equivalent of what we experience at sea level. So, you know, normal. <laughs> in other mm-hmm. words, so nine atmospheres to one in mm-hmm. a manner like in less than a second. Uh, it's not good. Oh Jesus! Yeah, not yeah. Nine times the pressure you're feeling on your body, right? To one times. Yeah, it's it's not unlike outer space or or, or other planets, maybe where yeah. the gravity is much. You know, it's kind of relative. But as yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah. get further down the depths of the ocean, the pressure increases drastically. So. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. So Helvec, the diver who was in the immediate vicinity of the door leading to the trunk, mm. he fared the worst. Yeah. Oh no. He was forced through the partially open door of the chamber, measuring approximately 60 oh. centimeters or 24 inches. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Well, to put it bluntly, he was... He was blown apart. Oh my God. His internal organs became external. Oh, Jesus just, Christ. <laughs> just an I- instantaneous <laughs> transformation, let's just say. You know, I I obviously researched this. I was on the internet. Yeah, fair enough. I found a picture. <clears throat> oh my God. Yeah. You did? Yes. I have to look it up now, but I don't want to. Yeah, I mean, it's... (laughs) (laughs) I'm not recommending it to anybody, but as a matter of fact, it exists. Uh, Yeah, I won't... I won't... Like in a a sort of uh, forensic setting, you know? I won't link it in the description, but... No, we're not those kinds of people, but as far as just general information, it's out there. 
Everyone's mm-hmm. running to Google, right? <laughs> I was just trying to find out what happened to the man who survived but I couldn't find anything right? as far as details. Like he was severely injured. That's it. Like I'm sure he's, Yeah. I don't know if he's alive still or what. I don't know. Someone chime in on the discord or Twitter or something. Let us know because I couldn't find it. Probably doing his best to wipe the vision of someone's internal organs becoming external organs from his memory. (laughs) For starters. Yeah. Working through that. Yeah. Coward Lucas and Bergeson did not fare much better inside the diving Mm -hmm. chamber as the Blood in their bodies essentially flash boiled to the point where autopsies later revealed a notable presence of fat in their arteries. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. They were cooked. (laughs) Horrific. I know. We can only assume that these deaths would have been hopefully quick and painless. Like not even a a second's worth of awareness. Uh, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they say. This begs the question why 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 indeed well the the investigation that took place shortly thereafter determined that the incident occurred as a result of human error you don't say and since william Crammond, the one who made said error by opening the clamp wasn't around to explain himself um they could only speculate miscommunication and fatigue from working 16-hour shifts were the two top candidates for the massive error on Crammon's part. Sorry, 16-hour shifts? Yeah, that's what it said. Don't do that. If you have to do any kind of complex anything to stay alive <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> yeah, at the very end. Yeah, exactly. Chalking it up to human error and then having that being a key element is like, is it really though? Yeah, I feel like the human error was having them work 16-hour shifts underwater. That's the human error they're talking about. <laughs> human error was in yeah. staffing. Yeah. Those are the humans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> However, the investigation committee would also point out several engineer flaws in the Bifurd Dolphins diving chamber system in that it was not equipped with fail-safe hatches outboard pressure gauges and an interlocking mechanism which would have prevented the trunk from being opened while the chamber was still under pressure. So prior to the incident, a rule for certification had been issued by Norway connecting mechanisms between bell and chambers are to be so arranged that they cannot be operated while the trunk is pressurized. One month after the incident, the Norwegian directorate made Mm. the rule final for all bell systems. Thanks, guys. <laughs> That's, That's nice of them. Nice of them. Yeah. Just like with so many disasters, disasters spark safety exactly. change. <laughs> I feel like we've talked about this time and again, and it certainly won't be the last time. Yeah. And then the th- horrible thing happened. Yeah. And then they made it a little safer. Should we have like safety procedures for this extremely dangerous procedure? Bah. Nah, it'll be fine. I think it's it's been fine so far. We'd have to write a bunch of words. That's hard. <laughs> Let's just let them figure it out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Would we have to personally install this stuff? No, 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 no. We just have to write it up. Someone else would do that. Oh, I still don't want to do that. Boring. <laughs> this is boring. <laughs> to make matters worse, several Bifurd Dolphin employees, as well as members of the Norwegian Oil and Petrochemical Union, claimed that the commission investigating the incident were covering up the fact that there were several dispensations in place that basically said the dolphin did not require a number of safety features that would have totally prevented the incident from occurring in the first place, i.e. the clamping mechanisms and everything I just mentioned. 
locks on top of locks on top mm-hmm. of locks. You can never have too many locks when you're dealing with these high risk scenarios. No, no, exactly. Mm-hmm. Put the yep. put some locks on the locks. February 2008. Big fast forward. Mm-hmm. After years mm-hmm. of pressing for further investigation, the North Sea Divers Alliance finally obtained a report that indicated the real cause was mm-hmm. faulty equipment. The families of the divers eventually received compensation from the Norwegian government. Claire Lucas, daughter of Roy Lucas, claimed that the Norwegian government essentially murdered her father by sending him to work in these totally unsafe conditions of which they were all well aware. And that concludes the uh, Byford Dolphin incident of 1983. That was short, but extremely horrific. Much like the disaster itself. I'm going to do my very best never to never look it up, but oh my God, I don't know if I can resist. Well, I mean, you know it's there. You seem like, okay, you're not like barfing. So maybe... Maybe that's a good indication. You know, I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't go looking for that shit anymore. I think a lot of yeah. us sort of went through yeah. that phase of rotten.com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. need that yeah. in my life anymore. But like yeah. I said, I wasn't looking for it. It found me in my research, but I was kind of like, oh, <laughs> oh and God. then, you know, I took a real gander. Right. It's, yeah. it's something. Oh boy. There's also a, a very, uh, uh, more detailed description of what happened to this poor fellow on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's okay. very clinical, but it's very detailed. Oh. So, you know, there's that too. Oh no, I'm not <laughs> sleeping tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Should I look? Should I not look? It's just right there. It's just one. Yeah. Uh, well that's horrific. Do you have some music? I do. Um, okay. It's a song called the Benz. But not the one you're thinking of. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, it's a song by a band called Mr. Bungle, who I mentioned hey, before okay. uh, for my year end. My favorite album that came out last yep. year was their, the one they put yeah. out last year. This song comes from their 1995 album, Disco Volante. Mm-hmm. And it's actually, it's like a collection of several different pieces of music with the sort of the bands. And then there's these, different titles for the different pieces and it's um i mean there aren't there aren't really any lyrics other than the bends which is kind of in intoned every every now and then but basically they describe in interviews at the time they describe this ridiculous like oh it's about this astronaut that's like falling from a space station he falls to earth to this party and he falls into a swimming pool and then he gets the bends from coming up too quickly like Oh, okay. <laughs> but it does have this... Um, pretty good. You get this sense of drowning. You get this, like, there's a lot of weird sound effects. It's yeah. sort of a mix of, like, it sounds like jazz, and it sounds like old sort of sci-fi music from the 60s, and it's just a really weird, yeah. weird mix of music. It's very cool. So, yeah. Sweet. It, check it out. Okay. Well, you heard a bunch yeah. of it just now. Yeah, yeah, you did. So, uh, thanks for that. Uh, that was, again, You're welcome. terrific. Um, if, if you liked what you heard there, the best thing you can do to help us out is to tell a friend to listen, do it like super fast, like a decompression underwater, just Just like, bam. What? (laughs) (laughs) Help us out a lot. The next best thing you can do to help us out is to leave a rating or review wherever you listen and also subscribe. You can check us out on, uh, well, hang out with us on Discord. We have a lot of conversations yeah, there true. and uh, we're probably going to do another watch party over the summer. Probably not before our last episode, but uh, maybe sometime in July. 
We'll do uh, we'll do a watch party. I think we're circling Ar- Armageddon yeah. as the movie. I think I think that'd yeah. be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot to say about Armageddon. <laughs> I think we all do. <laughs> so yeah, join our Discord. You can find that on our website, thisdisasterpod.com. Uh, you can also become a patron on our patreon.com slash thisdisasterpod where you get bonus content uh, every two weeks. You can uh, we'll ha- We have live streams that are coming back with our next group of disasters when we're back in the studio, barring any future pandemics. <laughs> hoping, <laughs> hoping not. No, thank you. Um, no, thank mm-hmm. you. You can also keep up with uh, keep up with us on social media at this disaster pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And I think that's pretty much that's pretty much it. So uh, thanks, Lee. I'm gonna go back to playing Ghost Runner because mm. it's super cool. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna make a tea, make my lunch for tomorrow, and maybe watch some uh, Rick and Morty. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. maybe I'll watch Loki actually. Oh, we just watched the most that. recent Loki. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. I've seen two of them. And I think yeah. there's three, right? There's a third. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch the third one now. It's good. Okay, so that's pretty much it, and uh, we'll see you in our next major disaster, which is next week, and it's also our last one before our next hiatus. Ooh. So uh, look out finale. for that one. I think I think it's gonna be a good one. Better not be a cliffhanger. I hate that. <laughs> no, we wouldn't do that. <laughs> we wouldn't do that. <laughs> or would we? Tune in next time to find out. <laughs> oh, that's a cliffhanger. It's on my head. That's meta. That's exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. See you in the next disaster. Bye. Bye. Bye.